from Commander's Palace Restaurant in New Orleans. We're out to lunch with Tulane University's A.B. Freeman School of Business professor and economist, Peter Raschuti. It's business New Orleans style. Hi, and welcome to the show. I'm Peter Raschuti, and I'm out to lunch at Commander's Palace with two New Orleans entrepreneurs who might just change the world. I know that sounds like an extraordinary exaggeration, but it's true. Two of the greatest challenges we face, not just as a city, but as a nation and a planet, are saving the environment and finding an alternative source of energy. The economic problem we face in saving the environment is it's expensive to change our industrial practices and governments don't want to or can't afford to pay for it. In Louisiana, we know this dilemma all too well. Our wetlands are disappearing at the rate of a football field an hour. And then along came Dr. Sarah Mack and her company, Tierra Resources. Dr. Mack and Sierra Resources have found a way to save the wetlands and pay for it. Companies can actually make a profit by saving our wetlands for all of us. Now, Sarah, this sounds like a fairy tale about spinning straw into gold, but it's real. Uh, in fact, it's so real that you just won $50,000 in a startup funding with the Idea Village's eco-business competition called the Water Challenge. First of all, congratulations, and uh, give us an idea how this all works. Thank you so much. Um, I'm still very excited. It's just hitting that I won the Water Challenge last week. Yes. But um, as far as my company... Right now, if you're an industry, there's a lot of pending regulations that require them to reduce their emissions. And many times it's either not technically possible or it's cost prohibitive. So they are allowed to, if they can't reduce their emissions, invest in something else that will reduce the emissions for them because it's a global atmosphere. So when the emissions, they enter the global atmosphere. So wetlands naturally sequester carbon is the term, meaning as photosynthesis, as they grow, they take carbon dioxide out of the air, and that carbon ends up being incorporated into the leaves and the roots. And with wetlands, it's unique because there's a big organic soil component. So wetlands are actually the most carbon sequestering ecosystem, but nobody's been able to quantify how that works before. So these customers, these would be... Um uh, refineries, chemical plants, these kind of things, and they've been, the government's told them that they have to, have to make amends, and this is one way to do it. There's two different types of markets. Entergy doesn't actually have any regulations right now, so they're doing it basically um, as part of a voluntary market. So it's their own incentive to be progressive. And they have some other reasons uh, in having an interest in wetland restoration, a big one being if we kept, if we keep being hit by hurricanes, they eventually will lose their clientele because people retreat from the coast. Oh, so they're really, they're, they're protecting their clients by investing in wetland restoration. And they, they've been one of the most active uh, utilities in investing in carbon offsets and reducing their emissions. What but does it look like on the wetland side though, Sarah? What, uh, I put my Christmas tree out on the, um, uh, the sidewalk every year. What, what is your uh, restoration program about? So, for example, um, if you're energy that falls under a voluntary market or if you're, for example, a refinery and California is getting ready to introduce the first regulated cap and trade market. If you're a refinery and you can't reduce those emissions, you can purchase carbon credits or offsets, as they're often referred to, through a market. So what my company does is we identify the landowners, we design the wetland restoration project. We bring all the parties together in order to implement that project, and we basically bring those carbon credits to the market so that they can be purchased. And what does it look like visually? I mean, are these planting trees in the marsh? So or? lots of times it's, it's planting trees. For example, planting 
mangroves or planting cypress. The way these markets work is you have to demonstrate if you're offsetting emissions somewhere else that you're doing something that wouldn't have happened otherwise. So you have to show, for example, that it, it's a degraded wetland that's turning into open water. Document this is the way it's going to be if we don't do anything. And then you restore it, for example, go through and plant thousands of mangroves or thousands of cypress trees. And then you document how the, the carbon sequestration that's occurring through implementing your project. And so the difference between the two is what you can actually transact on a market. Wow. Well, I, I know one of the things they, you know, people worry about if we're losing a football field of uh, acreage every hour, we'll have nowhere to play football. And that's, uh, <laughs> that's one of our things. You know, and our, sec <laughs> our, our other guest right here, if that isn't revolutionary enough for you, is um, uh, our other guest at the lunch table here is talking about solar energy to power your house or business in a way that is economic, affordable, and real. Alex Landau's company called Solar Architect is their big idea. And it's so big that it just won this year's New Orleans Entrepreneur Week Big Idea Award. Alex, congratulations. Uh, the obvious question, of course, is what is the big idea? Well, thank you very much, Peter. Thank you for having me on the show. Um, the problem exists as a disconnect between what customers think they can do with solar and what they can actually do. Um, there are online solar estimators that exist, but they're horribly inaccurate. Now, these estimators, they would tell you how much you're going to be able to save? Is that what it would be? Or They tell you how much solar you can fit, how much energy you can produce, okay. how much you can save, but they're very inaccurate. And it's creating a proliferation of bad information in the solar marketplace. So what we do is we generate fast, honest answers to your most common questions about solar using very sophisticated tools that are very easy to use. Assessing your home's solar potential becomes as easy as ordering a pizza online. So as you drag and drop that. solar panels onto a satellite image of your home, Solar Architect performs all the necessary calculations to show you exactly what you're going to save, how much you're going to spend, what your uh, ROI is going to be, everything you need to know, all of your most common questions are right in front of you before you even have to pick up the phone and talk to an installer. Why not? Who is, um, who is the customer for this? Is it the person that owns the home or is it the, the installers themselves? Any homeowner can use our tool. What we have is a, a pro version of the tool, which is available to installers with a little bit more functionality. And then we have the user version, which is what is used to create these leads that installers buy. So the user can go online at any point, pull up their home, and find their answers to their most common questions. They submit that to us, the design and their contact information, and we sell that as a lead to a contractor in their area that can get the system installed. Wow, and you've got the wind at your back in that solar, um, the costs for solar keep coming down, the, the math keeps getting better. That's right, yeah. In the past three years, we've seen a 75% price drop in the cost of solar. This is mostly due to uh, this is mostly due to decreased cost of raw materials, increased manufacturing processes, increased demand, but the largest portion of the total installed cost of solar that has not yet been adequately addressed is what's known as the soft cost of solar, or the things outside of hard materials, such as costs related to solar design and site assessment. Contractors are going to see unbelievable value in Solar Architect for being able to reduce these soft costs, thus making them more competitive. So and th this is the part that uh, this is the part you're focusing on. The Correct. Part that's, wow. I'm an installer. I'm a solar installer. It's what I do, and you know, part of my job is the design component, which is very time-consuming, and it's very expensive for my company. There's not always a payback, 
and it's really difficult for customers to call in. And you know, if you if you call in and ask me how much solar can I fit, how much is it going to cost me, what's my ROI going to be? The answer is always going to be I don't know, because I can't answer these questions without the right tools, and the right tools don't exist. So for me to answer these questions, I have to go out to your home, I have to take measurements, I have to collect information, bring it back to the design department, or I have to use satellite imagery to measure your home, draw it out in AutoCAD. It's all very time consuming. I do all my calculations by hand. This way, this is very, the, the design process becomes streamlined. Wow. I can answer these questions on the phone with you. In Louisiana, you get a 50% state tax rebate. That's uh, in addition to your 30% federal tax credit. So that combined is an 80% tax credit, which is great. But in Mississippi, that doesn't exist. In Oklahoma, that doesn't exist. In Texas, it's different. So, you know, you can't just generalize and you can't just grab regional site data because it's not just about the tax credit. It's also about your, your site-specific conditions. So what direction your home faces, what the tilt of your roof is, that's all very, very important. When it comes things to I don't know about my house. So well, how about in Louisiana? Um, how long does it usually take before if I were to invest in solar myself? I'm just curious now. Well, that's the whole point of the tool <laughs> is for you to go online and find out because I'd like to give you, you just a general a response. I'd like to give you a response, but I, I don't want to lie to you. Um, it, it could be anywhere from five years to 10 years. Depends on your home. Depends Let me ask on you. Your and that's with conditions. the 80% uh, tax credit? Correct. Let me ask each an implementation question. How many of these have, have you sold yet, or, or what stage are you in? Uh, we are still pre-launch. We're in beta testing right now. Right now, we're focusing on beta testing and rolling out the pro version of the tool, which will be available to installers to actually take to the kitchen table with the customer and engage them and work with them to find a system that they both feel comfortable with. And that way, you know, that way you can actually create that dialogue between the customer and the professional, generate a report at the kitchen table for the first time ever in solar sales. Well, let me ask uh, Sarah on this part. I was the moderator for that panel you guys were on, and one of the things that interests me is um, uh, the number of people that own wetlands, I guess, and, and how many customers do you have? I mean, I guess you have two sets of customers, right? You have the, the polluters, for lack of a better term, and people that own wetlands, right? Is that... Um, yeah, there, there's different sectors. So we work with everybody from um, corporate investors. So uh, you, you have some utilities. of those online, or yeah, we do. Uh, lots of times we're bound by non-disclosure. Okay, sure. As far as landowners, there's lots of legacy landowners. So um, we calculate the top five landowners in Louisiana own 1.5 million acres. There's other smaller landowners too, and so we try and target that as well. You're allowed to do something called aggregation. So I can take some smaller landowners and compile a larger oh, piece okay. of property for restoration as well. Wow. You're getting land. It's sort of like a landman does in the oil business. You're yeah. gathering around. Yes, you know, sometimes we like to, we like <laughs> to make, make our guests a little more 3D to our listeners. So I'm going to, uh, it's the time we do the checklist. This is the part of the show where we take a little break and go through a list of quick fire questions that you probably won't find on a loan application. So uh, let's see. I'll just... Um, all right, Alex, start to you. Um, worst, worst date you've ever had? I have actually not been on a date before. That is I've really... Had, I have a girlfriend, and I've had girlfriends, but I've call never actually been on a date like like we're at right now. Should we give you your phone number out? Wow. I think so. This <laughs> is <laughs> tremendous. 
if you want to date an entrepreneur who, you know, right now may not have as much money, but down the road looks like a great investment. Well, Sarah, the worst date you've ever had? The worst date I've ever had? I'm like, I can definitely think of Is this good it right dates. now? What'd you say? Is this it, here? Is this it right now? The worst date? <laughs> not yet. I, I don't want to say anything like that. Um, worst date I've ever had. I think there's just been the awkward ones where you're like, oh, God, can I leave already? That's right. Is, uh, are we on mountain time? You know, things right, like, like that. There's a, wow, all right. I mean, ask you, uh, Sarah, do you like to cook? I do like to cook. And uh, what do you make? You know, honestly, so I'm originally from eastern Colorado, western Kansas. and you um, look for lambs to slaughter? Or? I, I love making green chili, which is something nobody's even heard about here. I, the last time I went home, I brought like a bushel of frozen green chilies in with me. Wow. Which these were super hot. I actually ended up having to soak my hands in rubbing alcohol that night because I de-seeded them without rubber gloves. I wasn't expecting them to be that wow. spicy. <laughs> this is a dangerous meal. Yeah, well, it's that's good though. They <laughs> and it'll cure any cold as well. <laughs> Honestly. <laughs> well, now, Alex, do you have a cold or do you cook at all? Or I, I don't cook very much. Um, my girlfriend's a very good cook. So I rely on her to feed me. So you got a girlfriend, you just have never had a date. <laughs> That's so great. That's I've a, never been on like a, you you know, just went straight to commitment. let me get your number type, <laughs> take you out on a date type date. Wow. Well, that, yeah. and it's all worked out for you. It's worked out. You're yeah. really, uh, you're going against the grain. That's, that's, <laughs> that's great. They, let me, um, going back to where we were with, the, with you, Sarah, is the, you know, people will look at this and they'll say, well, is it, for lack of a better term, because I was in the room on Friday, you know, is it a real business? You know, how do you address that? We have three sources of revenue, which is what allows us to be scalable. Uh, the first one is we provide advisory. So that's okay. everybody from the landowners to the local governments on how you do wetland restoration or water management. For some of my bigger corporate clients, it's how do we position them in these markets and for pending regulation. So there's a lot of advisory. There's also the project development. So we'll design the project and we'll implement the project. So we, we get paid for our time. When we're actually developing these projects, we keep a, a small percentage of the carbon credits that are produced as a performance bonus. So that acts as, as an annuity over time. It continues to build over time. And Alex, if we were to come back, uh, and I'd love to have you back in a year, is uh, if we came back in a year, what do you think, the, you, what stage would you be at that, that point? You mentioned you're beta testing now. You're by then we will, Hopefully, I've been launched. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll be making money by then. Um, and the way we do make money, uh, revenue comes from three different streams. We have uh, lead generation is you know the, the primary way we generate revenue, and that's that comes from users submitting their design and contact information to us, and us uh, bidding it out to contractors in the area that can get the system installed. Uh, the second is pr sales proposal generation. So uh, you, you know. As a contractor, when you're at the kitchen table with the customer and you're happy with the design, you click a button and a nice sales proposal comes out complete with environmental breakdown, financial benefits, and the system design. And every time you do that, it draws from your, your account. And uh, you know, the third and also kind of the, the hot topic in solar right now is solar leasing. And um, you know, what we're doing is we're building relationships that connect users with the right people that will remove the uh, upfront <laughs> costs of solar 
which opens up the door to a, a whole other demographic of people that can actually benefit from solar panels. So you've got a couple issues. You've got demographics as one side, and then you have geography, right? I mean, are some parts of the country better to you know, be operating I, in? For the most part, uh, most of the country is, is well-suited for solar. Um, obviously, there are parts of the country, the southwest, uh, you know, California, parts of California that are, that are better for solar production. But with the exception of parts of the Northwest and parts of the Northeast, most of the country is suitable for solar panels. Wow. They, uh, you know, we, we've, now the show has been on a few, few months here. We're getting a fair number of uh, uh, people that write in with questions. And it's time to check the inbox. And our producer uh, picks out a question that's come from a listener. He picks out one each week and get a bunch to choose from. Uh, Grant, what have we got? Peter, I had so many questions this week, most of which you've answered along the lines of how do these ideas make any money? But I think you guys have covered probably most of that. This one is not about that. It's from somebody who's called GDP, actually. I don't know if that's someone's real name, from Twitter. He was named, who, his mother named him Gross Domestic who, Product. Yeah, <laughs> it's strange. It, who asks? It seems like anybody with a truly revolutionary idea in the last 20 years ends up cashing out, and the great ideas end up the property of Microsoft, Apple, Monsanto, etc. What will happen to your companies and your ideas when you are inevitably approached to sell. What do you think? Uh, I, I guess they're sort of asking about exit strategy, but, uh, but probably a broader question. I, I suppose it would depend on the price tag, but um, I've been here for 10 years now. I was previously the emergency, one of the emergency managers for Storage and Water Board for Katrina. Wow. And so I've been pretty vested in saving this area for the last 10 years. It'd be hard to, to walk away. There's a lot of uh, emotional investment as well. So this, who knows? Yeah. It's, but it's more than money to you. It's, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I do my big corporate clients, and then I also have my clients like St. Bernard that I do at a high discount just because I enjoy working with the fishermen and remembering what, what really brings me here. Something that Scott and I talked about when we first started is what you know, we bring to the table, which is our experience. And it's, it's tough to find an investor that you know that has the same experience we do and that can you know leverage the same uh background that we have so it's important to remember where we're coming from and to remember that you know we started this thing out of frustration because we want people to understand how they can benefit from solar uh and we want it to happen quickly because this is the time this is the threshold where solar kind of you know is reaching that point that point that's known as grid parity where it becomes almost as affordable as conventional sources of power and you know if we're going to reach people to to educate them on what solar can do for them this is the time to do it and it's to make a long story short do we want to sell out no we do not want to sell out right now there's uh maybe be a public company someday you never know maybe one day maybe It'll one be. day we do need resources like i said we do need uh, capital investment but um, we have a goal and we want to stick to it. Well, that's great. Now, this is the part of the show where I usually review one uh, smaller publicly traded company, which, of course, is much larger than the ones we're talking about here. But today I thought I'd talk about a company that we'd bring back into the uh, show we mentioned a few months ago called Susser Holdings. And this is a company that trades on the NASDAQ. It's uh, ticker symbols SUSS. Sells it only about nine and a half times earnings, relatively inexpensive. And what they are is they own hundreds and hundreds of convenience stores in Texas, Oklahoma, New Mexico, and western Louisiana. And the reason we thought we'd re, uh, 
take another look at the company here today is that this is a company, a business that does very, very well inside the store. In other words, the margins on Diet Dr. Peppers and Slim Jims and lottery tickets and all is very, 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 very high, whereas the margins on the gasoline themselves is actually quite low. It's not a, some people think it's a loss leader, it's not, but it's a, it, that's not really where you make your money. And what we're kind of intrigued about right now is that you're getting to that level, we're at about 375 a gallon right now, at about $4, maybe four and a quarter, people feel kind of spent at the, at the, uh, at the pump and don't go in and, and buy the Slim Jim and things like that. And so uh, that's one of the things we're, uh, uh, that's one of the ways we're looking at this company. And, and I think the next few months are going to be very interesting for them go, go in, uh, go, going forward. Uh, I want to thank both our guests today, uh, Dr. Sarah Mack and Alex Landau. Thank you so much for joining me today on Out to Lunch. It's amazing that the New Orleans entrepreneur movement is giving birth to companies like yours that have impacts way beyond our city. Uh, Tierra Resources is a revolutionary approach to saving our environment, and Soul Architect is a practical solution to getting the world onto solar energy. All of us in New Orleans take tremendous pride in what both of you are doing. Uh, I personally was blown away by your presentations uh, last Friday at the Entrepreneurs Week. We look forward to following your successes, and I look forward to having lunch with you again soon, I hope. So please, uh, please join us. We'll catch up again. Thank you, Peter. Thank yeah, you. thank you so much for having us join. Thank you. The, my guests on Out to Lunch today have been Dr. Sarah Mack from Tierra Resources and Alex Landauer from Soul Architect. Uh, for more information on how Tierra Resource is saving the wetlands and how Soul Architect can get you hooked up in solar power, follow the links on our site, itsneworleans.com. Our show is recorded over lunch at Commander's Palace in New Orleans. Commander's Palace serves lunch Monday through Friday, jazz brunch on Saturday and Sunday, and live music. Now in dinner, seven nights a week over here. The producer of our show is Grant Morris. Our technical producer is Eric Merle. Our web designer and digital guru is Cliff Brigden. Jennifer Smith is our researcher. Mitch Foreman wrote and performs all the music on Out to Lunch. And you can keep up with our continuing adventures in Crescent City commerce by liking It's New Orleans on Facebook. You can also follow us on Twitter, subscribe to us on iTunes, and check out our other shows on itsneworleans.com, including Happy Hour, Mindset, and true to the game. If you have a question or issue you'd like brought up on Out to Lunch, drop us a line. We're out to lunch at New Orleans. Out to lunch. If you have a question or issue you'd like brought up on Out to Lunch, drop us a line. We're out to lunch at itsneworleans.com or tweet us at we're It's New Orleans. Thank you to our friends at WWNO, New Orleans source for NPR News, and thank you for joining us at lunch today. Until we meet again around the table here at Commander's Palace, I'm Peter Rusciutti. Out to Lunch is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. Mm -hmm.